This is Power Source, a podcast by the Citizens Utility Board, where we track down the answers to your utility questions. I'm your host, Hannah Finnerty. Consumers across the U.S. are seeing $600 payments pop up in their bank accounts or mailboxes, thanks to a $900 billion stimulus package passed by Congress late last year. The package extends financial aid to millions of consumers via the much-discussed stimulus checks, small business, childcare, and school assistance, and enhanced federal unemployment benefits. Although headlines focused on financial assistance, the federal legislation, which became law on December 27th, also includes a fair number of utility-related provisions. The package makes solar power more affordable and accessible, it extends financial assistance to water utility bills, and it jumpstarts much-needed infrastructure upgrades and research. In this episode of Power Source, we're talking about the utility provisions in the most recent federal stimulus package. Most notably for the utility world, the $900 billion stimulus package extends special energy tax credits that were set to expire at the end of 2020. When Michelle Knox heard the news about the extension, the owner of WindSolar USA gave a huge sigh of relief. The tax credit was available for residential and commercial businesses, and originally it was at 30%. Um, the way that the schedule was set is that it was to drop to 26% in 2020, to drop to 22% in 2021, and then for residential systems after 2021, the tax credit completely went away. Um, for commercial systems, it continued at 10%. Um, so dropping each year um, was difficult for the industry to pick up, especially when we're in emerging market. Um, so we're just starting to really, although it's been around for a long time, we're really starting to get traction. Um, people are starting to understand it better, not be afraid of it. And um, we're seeing, you know, just your average consumer wanting to engage with solar energy nowadays. So it was disappointing to think that that was going to um, continue to decline. And then after this year to go away. Um, luckily, in one of the uh, recent bills that was passed on the federal level, they have extended the tax credit. They are keeping it at uh, 26% for 2021, at 26% for 2022, dropping to 22% in 2023. And then after that, if there isn't a change, it'll go away again for residential and stay at 10% for commercial. Uh, with the new administration coming on board, um, you know, I don't know what the future holds in terms of the tax credit, but basically this relief that the industry is getting ready to experience is wonderful and uh, very welcomed um, at a time of uncertainty um, that we have, especially in the state of Illinois with the other funding mechanism, which is called renewable energy credits, um, being out of funds at present. Um, so to talk a little bit about renewable energy credits and to help people to kind of understand what that is, it's an environmental attribute. So for every 1000 kilowatt hours that a um, renewable energy system generates, you earn one renewable energy credit. 
The current program allows for compensation to clean energy system owners for 15 years of renewable energy credits. And the purpose of that is to go towards current goals, which are uh, were set back in actually 2007 by legislators um, called the Renewable Portfolio Standard or RPS, which was 25% uh, renewables um, in the investor-owned utilities, which are Ameren ComEd. Um, so that the program that is helping to facilitate uh, renewable energy credits and, and solar growth in the state of Illinois launched in June of 17. It was very successful. In fact, it was so successful <laughs> that there were a lot more customers that took advantage of the opportunity then the Illinois Power Agency, who was tasked with administering the program, initially anticipated. So an unforeseen circumstance was that the funding got depleted quicker than um, anticipated and therefore we're presently out of funds. And so now we're waiting for uh, one of the energy legislation bills to get passed that will bridge that gap and return funding to the state so that we continue on, uh, can, can continue on with the phenomenal growth um, that we've been able to experience thus far. The Energy Investment Tax Credit, or ITC, allows consumers to deduct a percentage of their solar project costs from their federal taxes. For solar installations that begin construction by the end of 2022, consumers can deduct 26%. The benefit drops to 22% for installations that begin by the end of 2023, and in 2024, the credit disappears entirely for residential customers. This extension is a huge victory for Illinois' solar industry, which is balancing precariously on what the industry calls a solar cliff. So right now in the state of Illinois, um, renewable energy businesses like mine in the year of 2019, we'll talk pre-COVID, um, were, I had the best year ever. And, I, and I'm not the only one. Many renewable energy businesses, small businesses, were able to experience growth and um, expand our customer base immensely. Um, the tax credit dropping from 30% to 26% last year, and then looking again to drop to 22% this year had this change not been implemented, um, could have been very critical to us um, because that's an 8% reduction. And the tax credit, I should explain, um, directly does come off the bottom line tax liability. So I generally, when I'm talking about this, like to give the simple example to folks that if you made $100,000 in a year and you're in a 25% tax bracket, that means your tax liability would be $25,000. Um, if you're doing a, a project and the cost is $30,000 and the tax credit was 30%, that's a $9,000 tax credit. So you'd go IRS. I'm not going to pay you. Not going to pay you the 25. I'm going to pay you 25 minus the nine. Um, when it dropped to 26 percent, then that went down four percent. And then this year at 22 percent, it would have went down another four percent. So maintaining it at 26 percent for businesses in Illinois has proved to be critical simply because of the problem that we're having with the funding needing to bridge the funding gap the solar cliff, as it is so often referred to, um, in, the, in the fact that the renewable energy credit funding, our other mechanism um, of incentive, 
um, with it being depleted at present, we really need that extra 4%. Um, so the timing on this was impeccable. And now um, the hope being that we can, now that legislators are back in session and um, that we can pick up energy legislation work where it was left off, we can hopefully get uh, the Clean Energy Jobs Act, one of the energy bills that's before um, legislators um, passed to uh, basically to refund the pots of money for renewable energy credits so that that, that program and the tax credit can work well in conjunction with each other to again put Illinois back on the road to aggressive solar growth uh, to go towards the current goal again 25% by 2025 which we're looking to expand with the Clean Energy Jobs Act we'd, we'd eventually like to get to where we have 100% renewables and have some uh, energy management or batteries incorporated with that so that the power can be dispatched when needed. Um, so we're hoping that that's going to happen in the spring session now that legislators are uh, able to able to come back into the Capitol and hopefully we'll be able to do their jobs that unfortunately they weren't able to do in the traditional sense in 2020. You know, it, 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 it was a, it's a sad day. I mean, for businesses like mine and the state that we're in right now, um, you know, in terms of the tax credit dropping, renewable energy credit funding being dried up at present, and you're sitting there trying to think about how are you going to continue to keep your business moving forward. Um, we needed a glimpse of hope. And what the extension of the tax credit did is it gave us that glimpse of hope so that we have something positive to hang on to and attach to as we continue to battle for the return of the, the funding opportunities on a state level. The Energy Act of 2020 and the Energy for the Environment Act are also components of the stimulus package. They contain new provisions for the Department of Energy's Weatherization Assistance Program. The federal program reduces energy costs for low-income households by increasing their energy efficiency. Qualified households can get financial assistance for attic and wall insulation, HVAC and water heater repair and replacement, lighting and refrigerator replacement, and air sealing, just to name a few. The program creates 8,500 jobs and provides weatherization services to about 35,000 homes each year. These households save, on average, $283 each year on their utility bills as a result of the program. According to the American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy, the new provisions included in the stimulus package will help the low-income program address issues beyond weatherization and will now include assistance for health and safety issues in homes as well as solar installations. Affordability was of obvious concern to legislators who crafted the relief package. The legislation also provides $638 million to funding to the Department of Health and Human Services, to create a new low-income household drinking water and wastewater emergency assistance program. The new program and funding would be used to help low-income households afford their water bills. This funding, the first of its kind, acknowledges the necessity of affordable drinking water and wastewater services, as well as the mounting financial burden many consumers are facing and the inability to afford essential utility service during the pandemic. The relief package also includes a hodgepodge of other utility-related measures, such as the Protecting Our Infrastructure of Pipelines Enhancing Safety, or PIPES Act, of 2020, 
which directs the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration to create new rules requiring operators of natural gas gathering, transmission, and distribution pipelines to conduct methane leak detection and repair programs. Electric grid modernization was another feature of the package's utility provisions. Congress authorized programs to model, test, and develop technologies for a more secure, reliable grid. Along with a slew of other provisions to move along modernization, the Department of Energy was permitted to work on integrating renewable energy and electric vehicles onto the grid. Although it may take time for these changes to roll out, this stimulus package overall is good news for Illinois utility customers. For more information on the stimulus package, visit Cubs Watch Blog on our website, www.citizensutilityboard.org. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Power Source, and a huge thanks to Michelle Knox of Wind Solar USA for sharing her insight and expertise with us. If you have a question you'd like answered on a future episode of Power Source, send me an email at hfinnerty at citizensutilityboard.org with your question. If you have a specific inquiry about your utility bill or service, please call Cubs Consumer Help Hotline at 1-800-669-5556. The line is open from 9 to 4, Monday through Friday. This episode of Power Source was written and produced by me, your host, Hannah Finnerty. If you liked this episode, please hit subscribe in your podcast app and visit www.citizensutilityboard.org for more information about utilities in Illinois.